Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. So today's guest is author Leslie Berrington. And as well as writing her book series, Hattie and Friends, Leslie has opened three day nurseries and two kids clubs in Lincoln. So through running her successful business over the last nine years, Leslie noticed that there was a need for more inclusive storybooks, which inspired her to create Hattie and Friends in 2015. So she also visits primary schools to share her books and inspire creativity in Key Stage 1 pupils. So let's just get to the interview because we had such a good chat. Leslie, welcome to the Teachers Podcast. Hi Claire, thanks for inviting me. So I'm very excited because we're going to talk about Hattie um, and I've got Hattie as well. So tell us more about Hattie and Friends. So Hattie and Friends is my series of inclusive storybooks. Um, There are four titles in the series and they're all about young children having fun um, days out with their family and friends. Um, They're inclusive because they feature positive images of disability throughout. Uh, They have educational content, familiar themes and cute characters so that children hopefully enjoy the story and just absorb the characters that they see and absorb the positive images. Right, super. Um, So why do you think it's important then for teachers to share these stories of diversity and inclusivity? Well, the reason why I wrote Hattie and Friends was because at the time I was a nursery owner I owned three nurseries um, and it came up in an Ofsted inspection at one of my nurseries where I was um, told that we should really reflect diversity more in the resources that we had in the nurseries Um, and to be honest it probably wasn't on my radar at the time you know you've got so many things to think about haven't you Um, so I went out looking for resources featuring disability and I just couldn't find any storybooks at all that I liked um, a lot of the books had disability as a special feature and they would say that the wheelchair was magic or something like that, a superpower. Um, and I really didn't want that in my storybooks. I just wanted it to be incidental so that children just saw disability as part of normal everyday life. Um, so that's how the idea came about. And as I say, that kind of made me realise that it was really important. Um, and I think teachers just need to have books like these in their classrooms so that children will pick them up. It's not a big deal. It's not made a feature. It's just part of their bookshelf. Um, I wrote the first story 15 years ago now, and I can't believe that there's still very little choice out there Mm. featuring positive images of disability. I mean, there are some books, um, but I think I'm right in saying that mine is the only series of storybooks um, like this. Um, So I think it's really important that teachers just are aware of them um, and that they have them as part of their bookshelf. Let's let's talk more about, um, you know, this being incidental and not being a feature you know why why is that important and and I suppose like what exactly do you mean by that um, like I know but but if you, for the yeah. listeners so if you read one of my stories um you don't read anything about disability it's not explaining that George is using a wheelchair it's not explaining that Lucy is blind and I'm sure there's a, a need for books like that but the whole idea of my books is that 
young children reading the stories or having the stories read to them they're just accepting the fact that george is going for a lovely day at the zoo with hattie he has a fun day out um they can be friends and play together despite their differences and it's not important um there are little nods to the fact that he may need a little bit of extra support like hattie will be pushing his wheelchair or something like that but hopefully that just helps children understand that we need to help each other and support each other and we do have different needs and differences um so yeah if they read any of the stories it's not the disability isn't pointed out it's not discussed um but it's very clearly there in the images mm. and i think as well um something i think that was mentioned um you know when when you were talking with my va about being on the podcast was that Hattie's the main character yeah yeah so it's not all about it either it, it, it's not all about a disability like you say and i know you say that you know you're not explaining it but it, it is about it's just a normal book yeah with normal people from yeah. a wide range of backgrounds yes and hopefully appealing to young children because you know all children love to go for a day out don't they with their family and friends the reason why i've written about that is because when i wrote the first story a day at the zoo my daughter was five at the time and my daughter's called harriet so Mm. of course the main character had to be hattie we've never actually called harriet hattie um but yeah that was she was the inspiration for my character and of course all children love to go for days out don't they with their family and friends so hopefully all children can relate to these stories and when I go into primary schools to talk to Key Stage 1 about um, about being an author I don't talk about disability and inclusion sometimes I might do towards the end but most of the time I'm just talking to them about being an author hopefully inspiring their creativity um, and their imagination and they will just accept these characters and enjoy the yeah. books yeah and children in Key Stage 1 obviously my Hattie is five so she's in year one they're just so accepting of everything like oh okay that's the way it is and i think oh it's so lovely yeah and 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 we we change and that's and it's not good um so yeah i think it's really good okay then so you know why are you so passionate about creating these inclusive stories then so the main idea came from when i had my nurseries um and so that was really sort of meeting a need that I had at the time. And I, I thought, well, obviously, if I've got this need, then there are teachers and there are childminders and nursery nurses all over the UK, all over the world that are looking for storybooks like this. So at that point, I was passionate for filling that need, really. But funnily enough, as life goes on, different things happen. We have to, different life experiences. And now I've found what it's like to be different um, and although I don't have a disability I have um, serious health conditions which are invisible disabilities and it makes you realize how you're treated differently or how people maybe don't understand um, the needs that you have um, and also I've brought Harriet up from the age of eight on my own as a single parent um, so you know I started writing these storybooks before that um, but being a single parent has made me realise how you can feel very different. Mm. Um, a lot of people would say, oh, well, there's lots of single parents. Yes, there are. But I've had so many experiences, say, on holiday, where I've been sitting with Harriet on my own. And all around me, there are families of mum and dad and children. Mm. Um, and you do feel very left out, very different. Um, 
you feel like you're being treated differently um so yeah i'm quite passionate about equality and difference period um you know my daughter has been brought up as you know with me as a single parent she's gone through university she's just graduated with a sociology degree i'm so proud of her um but i know that as a young woman she's going to have to work twice as hard in some situations to prove herself mm-hmm. um so yeah for me now it's all about all differences and when i wrote the stories i was also aware of different families and different skin color different hair color all sorts of things like that um just even from something really simple i bought harriet a santa please stop here sign you know those little signs that you get mm-hmm. um and although I'm fair-haired, she's dark-haired. And she looked at this sign, and because the sign had got a fair-haired child, I never thought anything of it. And she looked at this sign, and she said, I don't like that. It's not It's not for me. And I, I didn't understand what she meant, and she wanted to colour the hair in dark. Mm. And I think that's really important because she was only, I don't know, five or six, but she was obviously seeing that that was not representing her. Yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes as adults, we just miss these subtle things you know where um when i wrote a day at the park which is the last title it features um toby who's deaf and he has a cochlear implant and at the time there was a little boy in harriet's class at school who had a cochlear implant and i took the book into her class and talked to the children read the story and everything and it was just absolutely wonderful to see his face. He was so excited that this child, this character in the story, was like him. Mm. You know, and I don't think we consider that enough. He's read so many books with parents, with teachers, and not one single character has looked like him. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're completely right. And I think children do notice. I actually noticed as well. So we were talking just before um, the podcast that, that the name Hattie is never in any of the gift shops. And she's like, Mummy, why, why can I not find my name? And I said, oh, we've got a personalised uh, book. And um, it's one of those where I think it's different pages for letters of the name or something. And even when, like, I didn't buy it, I felt a bit aggrieved that it was supposed to be about her, but you couldn't choose... Um, what colour her hair was. Yeah. It's not her because it doesn't yeah. look like her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or just simple things like glasses on and things like that. So I worked with the illustrator and we talked about things like that right from the beginning. Um in the seaside book, they go to the seaside with their daddies instead of going with their mummies because in so many stories, children characters go with their mummies and mm. you know not every child has a mummy. Um or they might be Or sometimes up. mummy's working. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's really important that there's just all these differences, and I've tried to include as many as I can in the stories. Sometimes yeah. they'll be noticed, sometimes there'll be questions, sometimes they won't. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that the children are seeing them. Yeah, yeah, and that and that they can relate to it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Just just thinking about so many things that, like, daddy's taking children to the seaside. Uh, you know, in a lot of books, it's about mum doing the school run, but actually, like we do. Um, I do at mornings, edges afternoons, and there are so many men in yep. the in the playground now. But are we really talking about those things? And it's funny because at Classroom Secrets, something I suppose that is quite important to us is this whole how hard is it for a woman kind of thing to be a leader. And obviously, at Classroom Secrets, I don't feel like it is hard because I'm the CEO, and um, 
apart from Ed, the other directors are women. And I feel like he sees it more and he is already worried about what that means for our two girls. And we were talking about just yesterday, actually, at the uh, dinner table because Hattie had been on a school trip and she'd been learning about Victorians and um, they dressed up and everything and, and she'd been washing and she said, uh, oh, the, the older boys in the family, because um, they must have told the story of her family, went to boarding school um, and I was just saying, you know, do you think the, the girls went to board, uh, do you think the girls went to school? And she was like, well, yes. And I was like, mm, maybe they did then, but actually in that house, girls would have always been to school. And she was, she was so confused. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and it's what we're still trying to sort of bring back, isn't it? Yeah. But just this awareness you know, that's of, a, of that's difference. A massive, yeah, that's a massive step forward. But then I still see the um, the way people talk to boys and girls differently, um, which they're not aware that they're doing anything wrong or no. that it's causing any issues. But to constantly be saying to a girl that she looks pretty or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, don't look pretty today, you wouldn't comment on a boy's no. appearance like that. Um, and, you know, you're sort of saying to a boy that he's being smart and, you know we're using the wrong language to boys and yes. girls in my opinion yeah and i, I think completely that agree yeah that's a, a massive change that we make need to make i think in society and it's something that it's a struggle because people kind of say i know friends of mine they say oh you know that's ridiculous you've been too pc and everything but girls are being brought up thinking it's important to look pretty and you know it's not important to you know do well at school and achieve in other ways and yeah I think things like that just need yeah. to change and, it, and it's the words that people use that, that, that they're not aware of and it's something I'm passionate about as well and think about a lot um, especially when it comes to different generations older generations in your family don't necessarily realize some of the things that they're saying but this is interesting so Hattie's favourite colour is yellow and May's favourite colour is blue. And May started school nursery in September. And since then, she started calling things boys' colours and girls' colours. But before that moment, she never yeah. knew anything and her favourite colour is blue. And it's so interesting. Well, um, yep. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> well, there are no boys' and girls' colours. But that probably shows that you have always been much more aware of this than I was because as a parent I was probably doing all these things that I'm saying wrong when Harriet was younger because her favourite colours were pink and purple and that's why Hattie is dressed in pink and purple all the time and that was important to Harriet because maybe that's the kind of thing I know she did have a train set (laughs) but thinking of colours and things like that I probably bought a lot of pinks and purples and things like that and yeah it's just so hard because it's just totally ingrained in society isn't it? It is it is and I also you know you kind of mentioned that but time's moved on as well and and you know we've been made more aware of these things and I think for me, it's not just about colours, but I'm also in quite a privileged position as as a leader where some people have to fight really hard for that. And I know that I try and create um, try and create an environment that works for me, that also works for others. Like, for example, doing your, you know, can you be a leader and still do your hours in school hours? Well, mostly, yes. Yeah. How, how does that work? And, and, you know, you just have to think about things differently don't you and I think yeah. we're on a journey we're on a journey at the end yeah. of the day but I, I completely agree like language is so important and you know we don't get it right do we 
no. often we'll step back and go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. In fact, there was something I said to Hattie the other day, um, we were talking about money, um, and I said, she said, how, how will I get money when I'm older? And I said, you'll get a job. And I thought, why did I say that? I don't have a job. I, cre- I create things. I'm an entrepreneur. Why did I yeah. say you must go down that road. I should have said, well, you can do this, you can do this, or you can do this. Yeah. Um, and so I corrected myself afterwards. But it's, it's for me, the well, key suppose, is awareness. Yeah, I suppose it's still a job to earn money, isn't it? But, um, you know, my daughter's seen me work for other people and she's seen me work for myself. So hopefully she's seen that, you know, it can work both ways. And sometimes you need to work for other people so that you can keep paying the bills while you're working for yourself that kind of thing so it's I mean that's the way um people work these days isn't it it's all very flexible and people often work part-time here and part-time there so I think that's quite a good um thing to teach our children that you know Mm. you can be whatever you want to be and you can yeah work in whatever you want to work I mean I've sort of fitted everything around Harriet since she was eight um and so that has meant that Hattie and friends has sort of been on the back burner for a while but Mm. of course now she's left home and she's through university and everything I can spend more time doing it so that's great yeah I feel like we've kind of gone off on a on a on a tangent but it's been a good tangent because (laughs) what what we're trying to do is just show more of what's real aren't we rather than more of the stereotypes in all sorts of different areas um obviously including disability so so if you're a teacher listening to this now then, what actionable steps could you take to ensure that there's a range of materials um, in the classroom showing diversity? Well, I think it's really important to just look at the books that you've got and have a book audit and just see how many books feature disability, how many books show gender in a positive way. Um, so they've got a female lead character, that kind of thing. Um so that they're multicultural, you know, so that they're featuring all differences, all types of families. Um, So that's really important thing to do, to do a book audit um, so that you know what the children are actually seeing. Um, It's also important to have images, positive images around the classroom. So if you're putting up posters or on your display boards, making sure that they're featuring disability and other differences, um, how many display boards would you see in a classroom where there is say a wheelchair user or there is a child who is using a cane if they're blind that kind of thing um and the other thing is to actually search for books that have differences because i've published my own series of books um, and the reason for that is because when i wrote them i knew there was a need for them and i believed in them and so Fortunately, I just sold the nursery business and I had the money to put into it um, and then it's rolled on from there. But if you look at mainstream publishers, there still aren't very many choices in this kind of book. So you need to really search for them. And there are, you know, places out there. Um, One really good place is Letterbox Library. If teachers haven't heard of that, um, they have some really great books. So, yes, it's really searching them out, looking at different authors and publishers. Super, thank you. And obviously there's your books as well. Yes, of course. 
so um so i have my own website which is hattieandfriends.co.uk so you can have a look at the website all the products are on there there's books and posters you can buy them on there they're very reasonably priced because that was another thing when i was looking for things for my nurseries anything featuring disability seemed to be twice as much as mm. standard resources so my books are 6.99 or a set of four for 24 pounds and that includes pmp so you can order through the website um there's also a blog on there um so i'm regularly updating the blog and i put images and things on there of things i've been doing book festivals and all sorts of events so um yeah if you pop along there and have a look and i'm also very active on twitter at hattie's friends super right thank you so much um i've loved this chat it's been really really good thank you i like the uh just rabbit hole we went down um but yeah thank you so much for just talking about a topic that we need to hear about on the teachers podcast thanks claire it's been lovely thank you for listening the teachers podcast is in association with classroom secrets a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust to find out more visit classroomsecrets.co.uk